Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. All right, well, like I said a few moments ago, we are in a three-week series, kicking it off this morning, a series that we're simply calling Faith Forward. Now, every single year, we cry out to God and we say, Lord, what do you have for the upcoming year. Now, I know we still have a couple of months until the new year begins. It's not even Thanksgiving yet, but I will say that Christmas music may or may not have already been playing in our car as we drove to Jeff City the other day. We are believing for a great Christmas season, but this coming year, God has something in store that he wants to do in and through his church. Now, last year, as we were looking at what God would have for 2023, we felt that he gave us the theme, All In. Now, now I pray that through this past year, that God has really triggered your heart and grabbed a hold of your heart, and you have decided to go all in with God. You're not satisfied anymore just sitting on the sidelines. You're not satisfied just going through the religious motions but you've decided to follow God with an all-in pursuit. Now, as many of you know, there is a lot of planning and dreaming that goes on here at Encounter Church. And as we sought God for 2024, there was one theme that continuously was brought back to our minds. One theme that we feel that God laid upon our hearts as we pursue this new journey. So the theme for 2024 is simply faith forward. Now what does faith forward mean? Well, over the next couple of weeks, I want to take the time and we're going to look at the why behind faith forward. We're going to look at the what's. And then the final week, we're going to look at the how. How do we accomplish the goal that God has set before us? But here's the question we've got to ask. Why is it so important that we are people that move forward with our faith? Why can't we just be a people that come in here on a Sunday morning and and have a specific seat that we sit in every week? We have a parking spot that we like to park in every week. We kind of know the routine. We kind of know the layout of things. Why is it that enough? Because I believe that God's called us to move forward in our relationship with him. Amen? Amen. A pastor of mine years and years ago, in fact, as my pastor growing up, used to say it this way, as believers, as Christians, we never stand still in our walk with Christ. We're either moving forward with him or we're moving back away from him. So I want to challenge you as we step into this new season, as we step into 2024 in just a couple of months, I want you to prepare yourself to position yourself to get yourself ready to move forward in faith. Let's take a look at what these two simple words mean, faith forward. Well, the word faith by definition is this, conviction of the truth relating to to God. Conviction of the truth relating to God. Now, if we look at the word forward, it's defined as this, 
onwards so as to make progress toward a successful conclusion. I don't know about you, but I like to move forward in progress to a successful conclusion. I don't prepare myself for something that will fail. I, I don't get myself ready and go, you know what, I really hope this fails. I don't know about you, but that's not my heart. My heart is to proceed forward, to be successful in the things that God lays before us. So if we combine these two definitions, faith and forward, we simply get an onward progression due to our godly conviction moving toward a successful conclusion. Faith forward is simply an onward progression due to our godly conviction moving toward a successful conclusion. Now, that's the kind of forward faith that I believe that we need to have not only in our individual lives, but in the hearts of the church. Not a stagnant, conditional faith, but a faith of conviction, a faith of purpose, a faith of moving forward drive in our lives, not being satisfied with just the mediocrity of life, not being satisfied of just going through the motions, but saying, Lord, whatever it takes, God, whatever you want to accomplish, Lord, whatever that looks like, I position myself in such a manner as to achieve and accomplish what you've laid before me. So to help us illustrate this, this idea of faith forward, and as we begin to look at the why, because I don't know about you, I want to know why are we going to do what we're going to do. I don't want to just have a list of things to do, but why are, we, why are we doing this? Why is this needed? So today, in order to illustrate that, to kind of lay the groundwork, I want to go to a story in the book of Luke chapter 5. Now, in Luke chapter 5, we see Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people. Now, here's the interesting thing. Oftentimes, when Jesus was presenting the good news or the message to people. People were coming out of the woodworks. There were people all around, and if you've noticed that many times once he was finished speaking, he would go to an isolated place just to rest, just to get away. But this is one of those moments where the crowd decided to show up. Take a look at this. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, One day while Jesus was teaching... Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as all from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strong with Jesus. Now, some men were carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to see Jesus, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. 
But the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now, Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched the man, he jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with a great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Here's what I want to talk about for the few moments. I want to look at what does it take to position ourselves for the potential that God wants to do in and through our lives. You see, in our story today, we had a group of friends. Now, were they close friends? Did they hang out with the paralyzed man every day? Or were they simple acquaintances that would, saw, that would see him from time to time? And this particular day, they were heading to see Jesus, and they saw him sitting there, and they thought, you know what, let's do a good thing and take this guy to Jesus, I don't know the amount of the relationship. I don't know how close they were, but the Bible says they were friends. So they find this paralyzed man. They go to him, they pick up his mat, and they carry him to see Jesus. But here's the problem. When they get to the entrance of the house where Jesus was teaching, the crowd was so massive that they could not get through. Have you ever been at a place where the crowd was so large that you couldn't quite get through? Maybe that's Black Friday shopping for some of you. I remember years ago when we lived in the St. Charles area, I would take my son to the Cardinals games. And we'd always jump on the metro and, and ride the metro in. Now, if you've ever ridden the metro to a ball game, there are crowds of people. And he was only about this tall, so he couldn't see anything. It was one of those things where you just kind of walk one step at a time with the crowd until you got in the position where you wanted to go. That's kind of what was happening in this situation. But here's the problem. When they got to the door, they couldn't get to Jesus. They couldn't accomplish the goal that was set before them. So that gives us our first potential. It's this, friends with great intentions. Now, great intentions won't do you any good unless there's action to follow the intention, right? I can have the greatest of attentions all day long, every day, but until I step out in motion, until I have forward faith, until I move in a direction to accomplish the task that sits before me, nothing is going to happen, and at this moment, it wasn't the thought that counts. See, these guys had a choice to make that day. 
They could have in that moment when they got to that door and the crowd was all around, they could have looked at their friend and they could have said, you know what, today's just not your day. There's too many people around. It's impossible for us to get in to see Jesus. It's not feasible. It's not convenient. It's not easy for us to get into the place where Jesus can speak into your life. Today's not your day. But they positioned themselves for a miracle. Look what it says in Luke 5, 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So what did they do? Look at this. They climbed up on the roof and took off some tiles. Could you imagine? Here we are in this room. We're having a service today, and we hear this rustle, this noise on the roof. In a few moments, suddenly clay begins to fall through the ceiling. Straw falls through the ceiling. Maybe a branch here and a branch there falls on the people that are underneath or that are in the room with Jesus. But then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now let me explain what a roof was like in those days. It wasn't like a roof today. It wasn't finished wood with nails and shingles or maybe even a metal roof. The roof in those days was unhewed logs. In other words, unfinished logs that were used for rafters. There were branches laid across that, maybe even some saplings used as cross support. And then they would take a thick layer of clay and they'd pack that clay in really, really tight. Now in some places they would even use little tiles and place tiles in on the roof. But this particular moment we see these guys, and imagine with me, picture this story. The guys get to the house and it's not possible to take Jesus in the conventional way. So what do they do? They climb to the roof and they figure out approximately where Jesus is in the room. So they may have had to crawl a distance here or a distance there. And they begin little by little to dig their way through that roof, finding Jesus below. They made a hole large enough to lower this man right in front of Jesus. The crowd was all around. So many people. People were in the way. And I wonder in your life, how would you have responded? What would you have done? You see, oftentimes when obstacles like this come, we simply give up. We, we throw in the towel. We say, it's just not possible. It, it's too difficult. We can't accomplish the task. We'll try it another day. So we turn around and we go home. As we approach 2024, I'm going to guarantee you something. You ready for this? It's the guarantee of the year. I guarantee you there are going to be obstacles that we face. I guarantee you there are going to be people in the way. 
There's going to be a hard work that's going to require dedication. There are going to be sacrifices as we move forward in this calling that God has set before us. But I wonder, are we willing to move forward with faith? Are we willing to pursue the task that God has set before us? Are we willing to position ourselves in such a manner to accomplish the task that lies before us or are we just going to throw in the towel and say, today is not the day? See, two things had to happen with these guys. Number one, they had to do something drastic. Then they knew the this, uh, seriousness of the situation with their friend. He was paralyzed on his own. He would never be able to make it to Jesus. Did you know that outside these walls are thousands upon thousands of people that are lost without Jesus Christ? Outside of these walls, perhaps in the place where you work, in your neighborhood, in the grocery store that you shop at frequently, there are people that if they were to die today would split the gates of hell wide open. And as I began to look at 2024, I realized that it wasn't enough just to do church as we've always done church. But I realized that it was time for us, the people of God, the believers to do something drastic. Next week, I'm going to begin to share you some of the key elements that God's laid upon our hearts as a church. The second thing that I discovered is we have to make room for Jesus. When we come in here on a Sunday morning, we don't want to just go through routine, but we want to say, Lord, Whatever you have in store, God, whatever you want to do, when, when we're out and about in the community, we've got to position ourselves in such a way that we say, Lord, whatever you want to do, Lord, if you want to use me while I'm at Walmart, Lord, use me. Lord, if you have an opportunity for me to speak up for you while at work, Lord, open up the doors to that opportunity. Lord, as we go into new communities, would you pave the way for us, Lord? Lord, would you make a way where it seems impossible? And, and, I'm, and I'm holding back right now because there's things that I want to share with you today that I've got to wait until next week. I'm super excited because God is beginning to open doors that were previously closed. Yes, yes, yes. But we have to make room for Jesus. We position ourselves. You see, that paralyzed man would never have received his healing if these friends had not have climbed on the roof that day. If they had not been willing to take 
the risk, I'd venture to say that they didn't find the homeowner. They didn't say, hey, I know this is Jim Bob's house. Can you go get Jim Bob real quick? Hey, Jim Bob, is it okay if we climb on your roof and tear it apart a little bit? We need to take Billy Bob up on the roof. I don't know why the people there were hillbillies, but apparently they were. We got to get Billy Bob up on the roof, and Billy Bob wants to see Jesus because he needs to be able to walk. They didn't do that, but they were willing to take the risk. Because they knew that the outcome would far surpass the risk. Church, there are going to be things that we face as we pursue and position ourselves in this journey with Jesus. There are going to be obstacles that we face. But throughout the obstacles, throughout the difficulties, we had to position ourselves into a place of being receptive to the things of God. We can't just play games. We can't just go through the motions. But we say, Lord, whatever you have, I'm willing to do something drastic, and I'm willing to make room for you. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings the good news. How many of you have pretty feet? I have one person in the back. I'm not going to ask to see your feet. I'm going to trust you on this, brother. The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of the one that takes the good news. Goes on to say this. The good news of peace and salvation. The good news that the God of Israel reigns. In our story today, these friends brought the one in need, this paralyzed man, a man unable to go on his own. They took him to the good news, and that's Jesus. So my question for you is this today. Do you have the intention and the desire to put your faith into action and move forward toward the calling of God. Look at your life. Look at your life right now. Just a quick little exam. If you were to, to rate it on a scale from one being no intention, no desire, no follow through, whatever, whatsoever, to all the way over here is, man, whatever it takes, tear the roof apart. We're going up. Today is a day. My friend is going to see Jesus. He's going to be able to walk. God's going to show up. I'm going to position myself. Where do you fall? Do you have the intention and the desire to put your faith so much into action and to move forward positioning yourself to what God has in store? To do something different. If so, then let's step out and do what needs to be done. You see, there are seven simple words that I believe have destroyed the progress of the church for many, many, many years. Four or seven simple words. We've never done it that way before. Have you ever said that? Well, I don't know why the church is doing that. They've never done it that way before. Right, right. Seven simple words 
that I believe have destroyed what God has for his church. See, our first potential are friends with great intentions. The second group is this, Pharisees full of self-proclaimed criticism. Have you ever met a person that was a self-proclaimed critic? I know you have. We've all met them. Don't look at them this morning. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5, it says, But the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now, to bring us all up to speed and onto the same page, let me share with you what a Pharisee is. A Pharisee, in the biblical times, was a religious leader that was very strict with the law, and they followed the law to the T. There was no room whatsoever for error. Everything had to be done properly and in order. There was no excuse for deviating from the law. So they watched Jesus like a hawk. In the book, Accidental Pharisee by Larry Osborne, he makes this statement. People like you and me who despite a best of intentions and a desire to honor God, unwittingly end up pursuing an overzealous model of faith that sabotages the work of the Lord we think we are serving. Let me read that again. People like you and me, who despite the best of intentions and a desire to honor God, unwittingly end up pursuing an overzealous model of faith that sabotages the work of the Lord we think we are serving. Let me ask another question today. Have you ever fallen into the trap of becoming an accidental Pharisee? You find yourself accidentally sabotaging what God desires to do through his church. You become the obstacle, the person in the way, keeping the goal from being accomplished of what God has set in motion. That's what was happening this particular day. People all around us every day are struggling In our lives, people spiritually are unable to walk on their own. And rather than carry them to the roof and do the hard work of digging our way through, it's easier just to sit on the sidelines and pick it apart and share all the reasons why that should not take place. I can imagine that the Pharisees weren't the only critics that day. See, I'm sure that there were the people that arrived early. They wanted a front row seat, so they were up close and personal with Jesus. There were the people that that were standing nearby, and suddenly parts of the roof began to fall on their heads, and they began to complain, I just had my hair done. Right? There were critics all over the place. But we are called to be the messenger. 
that takes the good news to the broken, that's willing to climb on the roof, that's willing to get our hands a little dirty as we dig through the hardened clay that separates our friend, this paralyzed man, from his answer. We are to be the ones willing to do what it takes to get them to Jesus. Now, we just read in Isaiah how beautiful are the feet of those that share the good news. But before Isaiah called their feet beautiful, look what he says in verses 1 and 2. He says, wake up. Wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And I realized something in reading this. In order to come to the place of being beautiful, in order to come to the place of being described as having pretty feet, there are some things that I've got to do in order to accomplish that. Number one, I've got to wake up. Some of us have been in a spiritual slumber for too long. Come on, you guys are quiet today. We've got to wake up. We've got to get excited about the things of God. We've got to realize that at the end of the book, guess what, folks? We win. There's a lot of chaos going on in this world, and we can become very guilty of sticking our hand in the sand and missing the opportunity to allow the excitement of the good news of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed. It's time for the church to wake up. Number two, you've got to clothe yourselves with strength. And what I've discovered here, it's not my strength I clothe myself with because my strength is very conditional. Did I get enough sleep? Did I overdo it the day before? Have I been eating right? You know, there's a lot of things that, that puts conditions upon my physical strength and my ability to accomplish the task. But then I realize that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That if I'll clothe myself in the glory of God, if I'll clothe myself in the joy of the Lord, then he alone will give me the strength that I need. The third thing that we read, he says, put on beautiful clothes. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to put on beautiful clothes? Well, my grandma Gray used to say it this way. Stop being ugly. Come on. Anybody, anybody ever been a little bit ugly? You know, you've said things you shouldn't say. You got a little abrupt when you shouldn't have been abrupt. You didn't represent Jesus like you should have represented Jesus. You let your old self show come on and i realize as we clothe ourselves in beautiful clothes we got to stop being ugly we got to represent jesus we got to clothe ourselves in the fullness of who god is number four he says get out of the dust in other words change your environments change your some of you have been hanging out with the critics the pharisees whether accidental or not You've been hanging out with the Pharisees for way too long. It's time to change the environment in which you dwell. 
It's trying to step into a place where the presence of God is real. It's time to step into a place where the presence of God is allowed to move. It's time to step into the place of forward-moving faith with God. Number five, you've got to sit in the place of honor. In other words, you've got to get your life right. Some of you need to ask for forgiveness today. Because you've been doing some things that you know you shouldn't have done. You've been making some choices you know you shouldn't have made. And God's speaking to your heart right now. It's time to, to get your life right so you can be placed into a place of honor. The Bible says we confess our sins to God. And God's faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all the unrighteousness, all the wrong we've ever done. In other words, he puts us in right standing because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. And number six, you've got to remove the chains of slavery. In other words, the things that are simply holding you back. What is it that you have allowed in your life to hold you back from moving in a direction that God's called you to move? We must be willing to do what needs to be done in order to share the good news with the world. So the question is, are you willing to be a people of forward-moving faith or are you satisfied with being a critic on the sidelines? It's time to wake up. It's time to clothe ourselves in the beauty of God. It's time to move out of the dusty environment to shed what's holding us back and to proceed faith forward. Our third potential is this. Faith forward to godly results. we got to move faith forward to godly results. Here's what I love about our story today. It wasn't just the faith of this paralyzed man. If you remember, I read it a few moments ago. Jesus didn't say, because of your faith. Oftentimes when somebody came to him for a miracle, and he began to speak into their lives, he said, just as you believed, so let it be. Because of your faith, let it happen. But in this particular moment, it wasn't just the paralyzed man's faith that caught the attention of Jesus, but it was the faith of the friends that tore through the roof that positioned this man in such a place where he could receive what he needed from God. Remember, they were still on the roof. I I picture this happening. Jesus kneels down next to the paralyzed man. He looks him in the eyes and he begins to have a conversation with him and no doubt More debris is still falling on top of Jesus, and he he brushes it away off the paralyzed man, and he looks up, and there are these friends poking their heads over the edge, trying to see what is happening, because they believe that Jesus can meet the need. So Jesus looks at them, and he says this. It says, seeing their faith, he looks up. He sees something in these men. A faith that is willing to do something drastic. 
a faith that is willing to make room for Jesus, a faith that is willing to do what no one else was going to do. It says, because of your faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Verse 24, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Jesus saw their faith, and he met the physical need. But he looked for a moment beyond the need that was easily seen, and he spoke to the sinner. He said, your sins are forgiven. He spoke directly to the man's eternal need. I want you to understand something today. Spiritual forgiveness is so much greater and more important than a physical healing. If it had not been for this group of friends, this once spiritually lame man would not have been restored. So I wonder today, are you willing to move beyond what is easy? Are you willing to move beyond the ordinary to discover what God desires for you to do? See, next week, I'm going to dig into a God-sized dream for 2024. Some of these things are going to require that we climb on the roof and dig our way through the hardened clay. It may require that we do what is not necessarily easy. It may require that we move beyond the Pharisee mindset, pushing our way through the crowd. We must possess and implement faithfulness forward motion to accomplish the task that God has laid before us. Our fourth potential is this, transformation by the faithfulness of God. I love what happens in this story. This man, once spiritually lost, was brought to a place of forgiveness. There was physical and spiritual transformation in this young man's life. But understand this, if it had not been for the faith-forward stance of a group of friends, the transformation may never have happened. And as we remain faithful, faithful to the thing that God's called us to do, I believe that God will do his part to give us the strength to give us to the ability to accomplish what we never imagined was possible. Look what it says in Romans chapter 10 as we wrap up. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings the good news. 
God is not in the business of casting us aside. In fact, the Bible says that he's in the business of reaching us where we are. In fact, Jesus, it says about Jesus, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Spiritually destitute. Spiritually separated from God. Are you willing to complete what Jesus began while here on earth. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can they tell them without being sent? I believe that it's time for the church, it's time for Encounter Church to be willing to go and tell the good news of Jesus. To go even when there's people standing in the way. To go even if it requires climbing on the roof and doing the hard work of tearing our way through. And if we find ourselves becoming accidental Pharisees, then it's time to spiritually adjust our lives, to come back in alignment with God. The question is this. Are you willing to be the friend that moves faith forward? Are you willing to be the friend that moves faith forward? Or are you happy just being in the crowd? Are you happy just hearing the message yourself. I want to challenge you as we move into the next couple of weeks. Today was the why of Faith Forward. Next week is the what. And then we'll wrap up with the how. I want to challenge you. Be here all three weeks. Because I believe that if we can lay this foundation that God's going to accomplish what we never imagined possible. Would you pray with me today? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.